Welcome to Contra Gentile Season 2, Episode 23. Nah, nah, nah. Well, well, if if you you didn't know the the you Quit being a fag. Um, I want to get in on this gin, yes, gin and tonic was. business again. The, the tank array gin and tonic. The lime juice, man. Mm-hmm. You just skip the garnish, buy mm-hmm. a bottle of lime juice, and yeah. sprinkle some in there. Oh, yeah. It's a little bit bigger of a tumbler, so when I filled it with tonic, I think it's a little bit lighter on the is, alcohol. Yeah. But I mean, fine. we have the whole bottle here, so yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> anyway, um, do you want to eat cake? No, I want to do that later. You do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, why? Just because? Yeah, I'm... I'm Oh. Yeah, I just want to do it later. Okay. We'll be a little more intoxicated while I'm okay, eating the okay, cake. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Um, so how's life? How's okay. good. Well, it snowed. It it's did, now yeah. It's now snow hell outside. Mm-hmm. What's your least favorite snow driving um, habit that people have here? Oh, um... Like what? Piss, look, what makes what you want to throw off your 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 steering wheel? Driving slowly on the left lane. Oh. Yeah, it's just that if you're going to drive slow, just go to the right lane. Yeah. I, I actually was kind of ranting about this on my way in to yeah. to uh, yeah to Amanda's because um I was just you know I was reading something on on Fake Book before. Facebook for, for people who don't know how you talk. Facebook, fucking book. And then they were just, uh, somebody was riding on there calling drivers like me assholes. And like you're just passing everybody and throwing snow on, the, on their windshield and everything. And so I, 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 I don't know. It, it boggles my mind that Alaskan drivers have this sense of, um, of, of assholeness reverse from what my intuition is my intuition is that you're entitled if you drive slowly and expect everybody to drive as slow as you mm-hmm. because you're saying that you have to drive like i am driving and so they demand it by going on the left lane driving 50 miles which per is hour. generally the clearest lane yes yeah snow, yeah and, and they drive really really slow so that everybody else has to drive slow behind them. But doesn't it get mad when you kick up snow to get around them? Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but you're... To me, it seems like when when you demand others to drive as you do and you hold up traffic, like, I... I, I, That's being entitled, (laughs) right? You passing people is not being entitled. It's actually kind of respectful. It's like, I'm I'm not going to tailgate you that's I'm not going to passing hon- is for. Yes, like I'm not going to honk at you. Like if I was tailgating, flashing my lights, yeah, then then you're an asshole. But if you're just like, okay, you want to drive so fine, I'm just going to go around you. You're not really being an asshole. You're being courteous by saying that I'm not going to demand you to drive as fast as me. But if you're going to drive this slowly, I'm just going to go around you then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it seems like a lot of Alaskans, and, and probably in other states, is the same thing. But you know, um, but 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 in general, I always hear this idea that. Um, people think those who drive fast and weave between lanes are assholes. And I, and it, to me, it's the reverse. It's like, no, the assholes are the ones who don't move, who don't move, who drive slowly and they demand everybody to drive as slow as they do. Yeah. It's like that is entitled that that is entitlement is it, yeah. to, to think that you, the way that you drive is worse. Cause there's an interesting reaction that people have to someone weaving in traffic, especially when it's ahead of them. 
they're like, yes. like what an asshole. It's like, he's not even next to you. I know. Like, he's not doing anything to you. Yes. He's not doing anything to you. <laughs> yeah. He might be being reckless. Like, I don't yes, know. Yeah. That's like the asshole behavior. He's not being. Yes. Like, like if he's driving and flipping people off, like, oh, fuck you, you know, hawking. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yes, then you're being an asshole. But if you're just, you know, cruising, go, mrum, mrum. I'm just going around these people because I want to go the speed that I want to go. Um, that's, that's just, I think it's being courteous. Yeah. But yeah, that's. But I, I get I just get really irritated when people start complaining. Mine is when they get it. when they put their blinker on in the snow. Mm, yeah, and it's like they would never get over. Mm-hmm. It happened like three times on the way here. And I'm like, get over. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck over. Yeah, like you had your blinker on for like a minute. Has too much snow build up. I'm like, swear. It was like in downtown. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's They'll so, like start it's like so coming annoying. into coming into downtown. Yeah, like, like, by, just, like by by gamble. Yes, just and they're just go. like not getting over. Yeah, I'm like. Go! I don't know what you're going to do. I can't, yeah, I I can't predict your movement you're now. You're signaling that I you're going to go. I can't go around you because yes. you're signaling wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if that. when I try, you're going to get over and we're going to get an accident. You know, like, yeah. I, I can't tell. When you tell me you're going to get over, get over. Yes, yeah. Or turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was funny yesterday. There, there was this one guy. You know when you pass him, some people get yeah. mad. Yeah. So he started tailgating me. In the snow. Yeah. And and so I was like, I'm not gonna mess with this. So I just I just move over to to the right lane and let him pass me. And I, he probably was flipping me off. I really don't know. But then um, then I just went back to the lane, and then just moments later, he fell in the ditch. <laughs> and I just like moments like, later. Yes, moments later. Like Thirty I just, seconds. Like. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, about. 30 seconds to a minute, like 36 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And I just laughed and I just passed him. I was like, whatever, man. I mean, you're not dead. You, you're going to call somebody to tell oh you out. God. I'm not going to. Yeah, it's pretty funny. He tried to perform for you. Mm-hmm. But, That's yeah, amazing. One of these days I'm going to get mine and fall in a ditch. I know I will. I haven't yet. Almost 40 years old. I've been driving since I was 16. Never, I haven't either. Yep. No, I haven't I always recover. Mm-hmm. There's been yeah. moments where it, it would be possible. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, me too. It never, it never yeah. happens. Mm. That's the thing people don't know about riding in snow or like driving in snow. Yeah. Is that it's fun. You suggest to the car where it should go. Yes. Yeah. And then the car will just do it. Like I you know, can't, yeah, you yeah. can't throw the wheel. Or anything. Yes. So like maybe go, go over here. Yeah, it's, it's overcorrection. Just... Most people's errors are just the overcorrect. They feel some slipping too much and they go, ah. or they let go, ah, you know, and then it starts to brush on a brake, which turns into a fucking bullet. And you just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just think rationally. You know, that's all. Now it's a ballistic, <laughs> yeah. ballistic like, trajectory. Stopping. Like, let go of the fucking brake. <laughs> roll for a second. Yeah, you lock it up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, do we j- jump in or do we have? No. All right. So shall in. I? Yeah. So this week we will be mentally preparing myself to cover uh, sexual persona by Camille Paglia. Um, I think it was 1990 when it came out. Was it? I think it was 1990. Um, I believe it is Paulia's doctoral thesis Mm -hmm. um, that she would have. I think her her doctorate is in either in art criticism or something adjacent. Yeah, because that's what the book is. It's just kind of art criticism. But um, but attempting to flourish out a little more commentary on, I guess, society and philosophical ideas in general. Yes. Yeah. So, what? What? Really quickly, we should kind of try to sum up what it is, yeah. and then we can give a commentary on it. Yeah, I think you should sum up. And, um, 
sexual persona is a personae, as the audiobook reader <laughs> would have led us to believe. Um, the beautiful boy. Um, <laughs> sexual persona. Um, um, is an endeavor to analyze the the representation and inspiration artistic inspiration from like or the the representation of and the the artistic inspiration from like sexual archetypes Mm -hmm. and their manifestation in artists Mm -hmm. and how they influence artists work i think is kind of over time over history is that kind of an easy i would say that's probably in general what that's pretty much what it is um it yeah, it just explores the way that, especially women, have been portrayed in art, and the way that the mm-hmm. feminine yeah. archetype, like the beautiful boy, but yeah. the beautiful, yeah, the beautiful yeah. boy, which yeah. it, she would say is a feminine, which we wouldn't. Uh, we can get into that. The way that yeah. she says archetypes are different mm-hmm. in their arch in their archetypal nature than we would. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> by quite a lot, but um, but I beg, I guess I mean she does kind of um, relate uh, be- beauty in general more towards femininity which we would not right yes mm-hmm. but i don't know whether which she we've would... said explicitly on the podcast many times yes like yeah, being yeah. inclined towards the aesthetic is mm-hmm. archetypally masculine because right, it requires yes. the intellect and reason yes which yeah, is yeah. archetypally masculine you know the whole yeah, thing, but, yeah yeah um but yeah yeah i, I think i think for starters I, I think this is this is not only true for this one, but this is also true for the other two texts that we read. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely including Michael Knowles, yeah. is that um, there the explanations that that she and Foucault and and Knowles gives many times is an explanation, but it's an explanation lacking in um, in really answering the questions of why this happens. Mm-hmm. Right, and so it's similar. To, for example, if I were to take this glass and if you threw it against the wall, just yeah. randomly, right? Yeah. And you were to ask me, Jeremy, why the fuck did you do that? Um, You're like when I throw something, it's a glass moving towards the yes, wall, yeah, and then I, when it shatters. Yeah. So if my explanation was, you know, neurons firing in my brain through the arms and flexing what the does muscles, it, what happens when I throw something? Yes. Yeah. And I give this really <laughs> deep explanation of how the activities that happened for me to throw it against the wall and be like, that's why I threw it. Um, or not even to answer. You don't even say that's why I threw it. Yeah, I know you don't. Yeah, they exactly. Just, you, you just end like, like as if that is a sufficient explanation. And, mm-hmm. and so it is an explanation of efficient causal relations. Mm-hmm. And really, if you take it in the Aristotelian sense, if, if you have four aspects of reality in which you could, um, you could analyze something really these explanations in these three books is only taking the material, um, cause as well as the efficient cause and yeah. leaving out the formal and the, and the final cause. And so it doesn't really fully satisfactorily answer the question. Just like, okay, this is interesting mm-hmm. that these certain, um, I guess, presentations of beauty uh, or the sexual persona. Um, <laughs> so what is, what is a sexual persona? From what, how did she... Did she give a definition? I don't think so. I think I don't just, think yeah. she fleshed out a definition. Yeah. She, there may be at the beginning. Um, sexual personae, I would... She talks about how personae are masks and stuff and mm-hmm. about how a personae is, some, is, a, is, a, 
is an affect that you assume for a certain purpose or something, or like in a yeah. certain art, like a character is a persona because it's a mask for the artist or something. Yeah. Um, I, I, like you the, could almost say yeah. sexual archetype is a that, very yeah. similar. When I was when I was um, reading it, that's basically how I interpreted the persona. It, it was just a, you're talking about the sexual archetype. Like, what is it that we find archetypically, maybe perfect, but at least archetypically beautiful mm-hmm. um, in, in a sexual way. So it is erotic. It, it mm-hmm. is about eros. It isn't just about the recognition of beauty, but it is its inseparability from the erotic. Which is very Freudian in the way yes. that it, in the way that it um, manifests in the work. It's extremely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you would agree one hundred percent with. Mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't necessarily have a strong thesis mm-hmm. like the other things we've covered have, in the same right. way that they have. That just doesn't really. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a. They loosely present a framework. Mm-hmm. And then just give examples of a framework instead of exploring the framework itself and justifying it. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. And that's basically she, what I was saying in terms of the ex- explanation is that it yeah. is an explanation, but it's, it's a very... Uh, well, it doesn't explore... Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't explore yeah. why, which it means that yeah. technically it's not philosophy at all, but... Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and that what philosophy is the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. truth, yeah, wisdom. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. And yeah. if you're not... It has to be a complete explanation to be philosophical. Yes. Right. You, you have to give the efficient material causal explanations before you need this formal and final causation yeah. in order for it to be an actual complete answer. Um, um, so, so what was I saying is um, the, the loose thesis that I might uh, ascribe to it. Cause it works. I think she heard a banging. Another banging. We heard yeah, that earlier. I know. It might be upstairs, though. Oh, it totally could be. Yeah. Like over there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so, I, I, I was trying to, it's because, it's, it's similar, I think that she made much stronger observations than Foucault did, mm-hmm. so I don't want to say that she doesn't say, she makes a lot of claims mm-hmm. about she does, yeah. the, the interaction between the sexes and stuff, but it's yeah. not like, it doesn't there's no therefore huge universal claim at the end or something. Cause that's what I was telling you. And we were like halfway through it. I was like, I don't, is she going to like tie it up at the end and like yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. why I read all this? Yeah. Um, this one actually had less of a conclusion than the other two. It yeah, just ended with say, Dickinson yeah. and then just, yes. <laughs> yeah. it didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't spend any time reviewing yeah. or covering kind of what had been said. Yes. Um, which I found striking. So I remember, I mean, we listened to an audiobook and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've discussed the way in which Jeremy and I have a very difficult time retaining information when we read it off of a page. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So listening is much, um, better, um, for us. But, um, I remember finishing it and I had like listened to the whole thing. Yeah. But then when they were like, and this concludes sexual. Pr-, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. I have to go. I went back like 20 minutes and I was like, did I miss the conclusion? Yeah, no, there's no conclusion. No, yeah. it just yeah. finishes with her, her description of. I, I really do think Knowles' book is the only one that has an actual, actual conclusion. It does. Yeah. Because uh, Foucault's really doesn't either. And neither does this one. And and that's very... This one had less of a conclusion than Foucault's. Than even Foucault's? Yeah, I would agree. Because Foucault yeah. at least had a concluding chapter. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It didn't say it was much, called, yeah, yes, yeah, it was called conclusion or something, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I much prefer the claims she made in this. Because, yeah. I mean, you, what you were saying a couple of days ago is like, 
that sex is inherently more interesting as a topic than like yes, mental yeah. illness through yeah yeah um, which isn't necessarily uninteresting but you know um, yeah but sex is obviously she literally her chapter on Marquis de Sade was extreme right yeah, nuns yeah. all linked by by a what is it, a chain of dildos mm-hmm. like, yeah yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but what, what, what I'm trying to I'm trying to ascribe a thesis to it is that all uh, I want you to see if you agree with me or not, because mm. I was trying to I was trying to think of something to earlier today. If I was going to just sum it up, like what her argument was, um, that all great art is most fundamentally inspired by like sexual confusion, because mm. that's kind of every every single. All the all the art she analyzed and the yeah. the artists and the pieces and the way that she analyzed them was essentially yeah. like, this person was struggling with their gender identity, and mm-hmm. um, they had uh, issues with their mother or they had issues with the fact that they were a man and they wanted to be a woman or they yeah, identified yeah. with a gender. You know, it was a very. It was it, and that's why I said it was Freudian because you know Freudian said all, all, all psychosis is fundamentally sexual repression. Yeah, is like kind of a Freudian line. Mm-hmm. This is essentially a Freudian. It's Freudian yeah. thought, like applied to art. You're right. Like yeah. all, all great art is fundamentally sexual. Right. Yeah. At its in its most primary mm-hmm. inspiration, its most basic level is like, which I don't think is true at all. No. Yeah. I don't um, either. But um. But. But yeah, I, I I could see that she I, I she might agree with that. I really don't know because I don't know. But yeah. that's again any any actual thesis I extract from the text. Yes, is you is something I had to extract from it. And if just upon reading it yeah. or pet listening to it or whatever, yeah. I didn't read it, but you know, yeah, the, the, I spent the, the, 35 hours listening to it. So yes. I can claim to have gone through yeah. it. <laughs> but, no, it's, um, it's funny because like many of the, um, do you need I guess, it? yeah, okay. many of the like interviews and stuff that you could find online with her. She seems very, very much against people like Foucault yeah. and just the postmodernists in general. What what I find funny really is how similar she is to them. Yes, it's like okay, yes, you're criticizing them for um, for being like the one with Peterson. She was kind of just poking fun at how they were just like coming in as this extravagant um, writers who who just kind of you know speak poetically and convince people and everything mm-hmm. and then when you read her it's like yeah but you're literally doing the same thing you're not you're not fully saying anything you're doing historicism the same way Foucault did you um uh, you, it's gonna be stronger this time okay good you know you're you're not really you're not answering much of the I would say fundamental questions that one can derive from these observations because many we we we, yeah. we both have said well i mean i've read i've read i've actually read section persona halfway through like eight times yeah yeah um, i could never get through it because it's so laborious mm-hmm. it's such it's a super dense text yeah um and it's also doesn't really um give you a reason to read it unless you just yes. really like the way she describes stuff, which I, th- I like the way she describes stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's, in- she's entertaining. Mm-hmm. She's intelligent. Um, her, a lot of her observations she makes, um, are quite astute, mm-hmm. um, and interesting. So it's not that I don't like it. It's yeah. just that I, 
halfway through it, I'm just like, I don't know why. Like, I just like, yeah, but why? Give me something. Like, yes, I'm, yeah. And I think a lot of people when they, because that's kind of especially in like the Twitter sphere in which the show exists, and a lot of people I know online mm-hmm. and uh, in in real life, or in real life, quote unquote, but you know, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, kind of on, on the same wavelength is that like finishing sexual persona is like a huge task. Well, it's it's a it's like a it's like a rite of passage a little bit. Mm, Every, yeah, like yeah. you know, you tweet like. I finished sexual persona and everyone like freaks out and they're like, Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's like you, you, it's like you've had your, your first communion or something. You're like, you know, it's like you're yeah. little into whatever this is. The like, um, mm-hmm. um, the church of sexual deviance or like, I don't know what you would call it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. Um, gender confusion, um, Gnosticism, yeah. etc. I don't know what we would call this, but, um, um, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't, I don't know what it's people talk about reading it and mm-hmm. it's a huge thing. I haven't ever heard anyone like orate on what they got out of it. Right. Cause again, I've, I've read like, I've read vamps and tramps, which is mm-hmm. much more readable. I have a copy yeah. of that and I should lend it to you just to read a couple. Like, yeah, or, yeah. um, um, I don't remember what the f- title was. It's her, I think it opens with a, a transcription of one of her videos or like her TV series she did in the UK Yeah. in like the nineties. But then the next one is like, it's like a exploration of like sexual assault and stuff. Mm. And, um, she gets <laughs> into it quite a bit in this book. Yes. But, um, that's much cause it's an essay. Yeah. She's an incredible essayist. I mm-hmm. like her essays a lot. But yeah, when yeah. it comes to something big, or yeah. like, like that, re- this would to be good. This would require a lot. Of, it would require a second volume. Mm-hmm. Of, if you really wanted to explore every single thing that she right, yes, attempted would, yeah. to, like if you really, really wanted to analyze yeah. Wordsworth but, and Coleridge yeah. and stuff, and like, but I also do think a lot of it could have just been cut. Yes, and yeah, that, yeah, that's really it. It's pick, like, pick three chapters and just yes, expand them. it's like okay, you have you have so much examples, and this okay. is what she does, and. It's kind of like in um, in 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 my field in analytical philosophy, mm-hmm. there's actually positions that that people get, mm-hmm. in which they're just researchers, and within the research, they're like poll takers. Uh, yeah, sure. John. Yeah. Um. They're they're, they're, they're not, not takers, but they're people that give out polls to yeah. gain information, yeah. and that's basically all that they do, and then they give it to the um to the um, theoretical philosophers to make sense of the data. Mm-hmm. And so what, what it seems to me like a lot, a lot of this text is like it's good research mm-hmm. where there's just a lot of data that you can take from it. But d- data... <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> d- data does not... Um, data does not speak for itself. No. It's, it's like good, you have all this information about these historical archetypes of of the beautiful boy and yet you want that to be an explanation of the archetypal nature of beauty displayed in art it's like that's not really an explanation all you're giving me is examples and and um and so it's it this is what i mean by that it's undirect it's not directed it's like you're Mm -hmm. just spewing shit out it's like but but give me a direction like what are you Mm -hmm. saying about it Mm -hmm. and there's so much that can be said and then whenever she does 
And this is the funny part is that whenever she does attempt to do that, like, like you, you would probably find about three or four lines where she attempts to do that. Mm-hmm. She's always just wrong. And it's like, okay. Do you have an example off the top of your head? Uh, yeah. Like, like for, for example, when she was calling, um, Leonardo and Michelangelo, um, homosexuals, mm-hmm. right? And then just, just randomly, and then she says, well, you know, homosexuals, um, and then she kind of goes back to Freud and how Freud, which this part I was ignorant of. I didn't know the one to blame of my objection against the homosexuals being purely potency goes back to Freud, mm-hmm. apparently before him. And I did a little research after that, and apparently before him, there is no text in which relates homosexuality to... <laughs> Um, potency, but prior to that, it was still more a replacement term for the sodomite. We have the homosexual and the sodomite, and they kind of interchange with one another. But anyways, you know, she would she would say that. It's like, well, that's for one thing. That's not if you're going to describe so much a certain potency. But then she, the way she described it was that homosexuality is the attraction of the uh, of the same sex. Mm-hmm. It's like, well then everybody is homosexual mm-hmm. because everybody can find their same sex attractive. Like, you know, the, you could go to any guy who's like super, super straight, right? Mm-hmm. So I just fuck women. I just fucked five last night. It's like, you know, the straightest guy. And then, you know, you, you show him some guy, an actor that's attractive and be like, do you think girls want to fuck him? You'd be like, of course. Be like, yeah, Cause he can recognize he could, beauty. Yes. He yeah. can recognize uh, an attractive man. And so the recognition of attraction of the same sex does not, you know, it, it, the term homosexual is just, it's too um, semantically overloaded. And, and this is my objection to it constantly is that you're not, it doesn't say much about it. And yeah. so to call them that is to already begin to imply that they are ones that maybe partook in sodomist relations with other people, but it wasn't socially acceptable. So they didn't over, like there's so much things that that conjure up to simply say that they're homosexual. I say, yeah, that, that's just, that, that's a bad claim. What you could say is that they recognized and they exalted the male figure greater than the well, yeah, female. artists. And that's it. You, that, that, yeah. That, yeah, that's all that you really can say from that. But then mm-hmm. to have the semantically overloaded terms that way. Because um, what, so what is it? It's just that we, we've criticized the, uh, the concept of homosexuality as purely potential yeah. in its essence. You are ascribing yes. reality to what might be what a desire might be. or whatever. Yes, yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's almost like the opposite where it's you uh, by someone being inclined to the masculine, you immediately call them a homosexual and assume exactly. that they wanted to butt fuck each other. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, because these artists were so um, concerned with the male form mm-hmm. and also the female form. They did. It wasn't like they, they were just well, painting. Exactly, like yeah. they weren't just, it wasn't just men. No. Yeah. Of course. But, um, yeah. Yeah. She almost, she like, she like this kind of work is the. Is that potential can come to fruition? Yes, yeah. Like the idea that you can ascribe reality to things that aren't real. Yep, yeah. Um, she did the same thing. The, the other, the other part that I would say she just wrong in is really trying to relate Catholicism with paganism. It's like uh, okay, okay, so let me. Yeah, I have a string of notes. For okay, this. yeah, yeah. So one criticism we both have of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to understand that when you are. If you, if you honestly, as an academic or even on your own, want to endeavor to conduct an in-depth investigation and observation of the, the, the history of Western art, one ought not skip from 200 BC <laughs> to like 
1500. Yes. <laughs> there is no, did she mention anything medieval at all? Not really. The only thing is just, yeah, just kind of just skipped over and to talk about the Renaissance. Because, because it's, it's, mm-hmm. it is objectively true that ancient Greek sculpture is amazing. Mm-hmm. And art from the, of the Renaissance is amazing. Italian, English, wherever. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yep. So some of the, I mean, the greatest art to ever, ever grace yeah, the planet. Yeah. But there's 15, like, yeah. it boggles my mind that people, it does not matter. Pick a per, pick anyone. Yes. It yeah. just gets skipped over. Yeah. All of the great cathedrals were built during the Middle Ages. Yeah, I know exactly. And there's no <laughs> yes. art to investigate yes, involved. I know. Like, it's, there's no there's no aesthetics to yeah. investigate. The humor of like gargoyles, which was around the ten hundreds, yeah, uh, to to the thirteen hundreds. Yeah. It's like this is something that they could have just investigated because it was it was amazing. The the, 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 the amount of humor that our gargoyle was pissing in another gargoyle's mouth. It's like you're not going to investigate that with a sexual persona. There's no goblin guy coming around. It's like it's just funny. This is funny shit. Um, they have great sense of humor. They they have some um in some of the oldest churches that we could find in if of the Middle Ages, not of the of the uh, pre but like so of the Middle Ages. I think there was one that I saw, um, in the cloister in New York that they brought over from Europe. And I, 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 I could be wrong, but I think it was from like, like from the year 600 or 700 where it were, where, where Christ would just completely start naked. Yeah. Right. And, and most of the times what you see later on, is like the loincloth and everything, but no, it's like, it was like the naked Jesus just, just um, hanging there. And it was, um, it's, it's interesting, right? It's interesting because she talks it's about, not, and it's not like the quality of the sculpture is less it was, than it was. In the yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Because when people go like, when the people talk about how medieval art isn't as good, it's like you're literally zooming in on these stupid illuminations and Bibles that yes. people had to paint. Those things were mass produced. Yes. Relatively yeah. speaking. Mm-hmm. Those were by like crafts people hired to draw pictures in Bibles yeah. to fill up space. Yes. Yeah. You can't, and like look at a medieval Bible. Mm-hmm. Why is that not? I know that's not worth investigating. Yes, like mosaics <laughs> yeah, exactly. came into prominence in the Middle Ages. Yes, stained glass windows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like some of them are so. They were inventing mediums of art. Yes, in the Middle Ages. Author, yes, exactly. With the different um, like representations of the devil, mm-hmm. um, you know the, the the distinctions between fluffiness in terms of good and sharpness of evil. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, there's so many things that that one can investigate yeah. mm-hmm. and and come out with. With much more interesting, like, uh, understanding of, um, of, of Western civilized art. And when I was getting irritated with this, yeah. I went and did my own little artistic investigation. Mm. And I looked up so nice. that painting as a medium was not really an ancient Greek thing. Mm-hmm. They right. would paint urns and stuff. Yes. Yeah. But like sculpture, um, mm-hmm. playwriting, mm-hmm. um, architecture etc were ancient greek and roman i mean yeah. Ro- roman is a loose one because it was like a th- thousand years or something yeah so it's yeah, hard yeah, yeah. to really draw lines there um but um if you look at the paintings of the middle ages which aren't anything like they are in the renaissance i yeah. admit that mm-hmm. but if right. you look at especially stuff of the italian middle ages yes, roman middle yeah. ages and it's like gold yeah. Like the art is all gold and they mm-hmm. all have all the saints have the, mm-hmm. the, the gold. They're like literally like gold leaf paintings yes, and stuff yeah, and yeah. murals and stuff. It's worlds better than like ancient Greek urn paintings. Yes, yeah. So people don't understand apparently that the, like 
art as a craft came to what we know it in the yes. Middle Ages. Yeah. And if you're really honestly want to investigate art history, I yeah. don't know why that's not discussed. Yes. And well, I do know why it's not discussed. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's Christian. Yeah, exactly. It's actually yeah, yeah. Christian. Yep. Like, so what was your criticism of her saying that Catholicism is pagan? So, so she says it many times. She doesn't many, uh, many yes, times. Yeah. And it's like Catholicism and retaining its pagan. Yes, exactly. It's like, well, that's just not, (laughs) it's, that doesn't hold up to scrutiny. What does pagan mean? It means non-Christian essentially. Yes. Yeah. Pagan means non-Christian, but it also means um, anthropomorphic figures. Yeah. And this is where, um, where Christianity, you know, Catholicism really distinguished itself. You could read any early apologist, you know, you could read origin, Gregory of Nyssa, um, uh, Boethius and, and you, you know Augustine was more against um, uh, the Manichaeism yeah but, but but before that you read so many articles against paganism and and one of their main main gripes about it is the personification of deities mm-hmm. um, you know making making God into a personal God and and this is what you see again in coming about with Albigensianism and, and Protestantism. Mm-hmm. You know, theistic personalism is is a, a profoundly significant thing in Protestantism as well as Albigensianism. And so to 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 really claim that Catholicism, which was by definition in every aspect of its faith anti-pagan, <laughs> and then to try to uh, correlate um, Protestantism as not being pagan, that's just it's stupid. I, I mean, it's really somebody who didn't take the time to to do just cursory research, something that that wouldn't be like, I have to know so much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that even a 14 year old or 15 year old kid can just research really quick and be like, oh, OK, I see the, um, you know, the, the differences. But she, basically just buying into the worldview that is presented. In the can I can I read my yes. note for this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are countless times in the text when Polyus seems to confuse Protestantism with Christian with the Christianity that preceded it. Yeah, yeah. The language she uses regarding Christianity is unclear, resulting in my lack of ability to discern whether or not she actually knows what she's talking about when it comes to Christianity and the heretics that abandoned it at the beginning of the modern period. Yeah. She incorrectly refers to Catholicism as retaining a pagan sense of aesthetics and ornamentation, which could only be the case if pagans invented the recognition of beauty itself. <laughs> yes, she yes. uses Christian, Protestant, and Puritan almost interchangeably so i'm not quite sure she understands what they mean individually mm-hmm. of course it would be easy to attribute this distortion to ignorance but i think she's smarter than that <laughs> um, yeah. i just don't i think she has a weird hatred of catholicism i think something i do too but academia in general does i know but there's she's italian yes but i <laughs> so I, it's hard for me the thing is that okay so like for studying in Leuven, for example, so you're talking about a town, um, Leuven, who whose university, um, Caio Leuven, in Belgium, Belgium. Be- yeah, the university that you attended, yes, yeah, yeah. was um, founded under Thomistic principles, right? Yeah. And so even if you go to a library, it still has like like paintings of of Aquinas and and, and of Jesus right there in front and everything, and so its founding is that way. But it, it, when I spoke to most people, mm-hmm. you know, getting their doctorates, when I spoke to most professors there. They just did not know. Yeah, it's like I, I could talk to them, and then you ask them something about the medieval period, mm-hmm. and they just they, they didn't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And I think in her case, really, it's just ignorance. She, mm-hmm. you can either simply accept the like flawed premises that is given to you by by many professors, as well as just pop culture, mm-hmm. or or you just take a second to be like, 
let me see if you, what you're telling me is true. And what I'm saying is that she never did that. She didn't take the second to be like, let me see whether anything actually happened for 1,500 years. 1,500 <laughs> years. Right. It's because, yeah. like, the Catholic Church built the West. Yeah. The West is what it is because the Catholic Church was the preeminent social force for 1,500 years. Yes. 1,500 years. Without that, how long? How yes. long is Western history? Three thousand years. Yeah, yeah. Is what it is. When did the Greek? When Greeks were what? In the BC Aristotle period, died yes. like 150 BC or something. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was shocked to know how how soon Christ occurred. Yes. After Aristotle. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. Really, not yeah. very long at all. I know. Yeah. Because you think like, oh, that's thousands of mm-hmm. years earlier. Just the way that it's discussed. Yeah. yeah. Christ occurred like. 250 years after. Yeah. It's, it's something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. just, what is that? 10 generations? Something some very, yes. very, it's, that's what? 250 years. What, was it that time. long? I thought it was a little shorter than that, but was it, it 250? I don't know. Let me, I would, it's really worth looking up because yeah. I want to make the point. Um, and of course, this literally plays into what the show is about. He yeah. died in 322, so about 300 years. Okay, 300, okay. Yeah. Still, that's yeah. nothing. That's exactly, yeah. That's, I don't even, I just, like, it's really, really short. Yeah. Because, you know, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle were all, like, alive at the same time. Right, yes, yeah. They all happened within, like, 100, 150 years of each other. It was, like, very, very short. Yes. That Greek philosophy really took form. Yeah. And then um, basically a lot of the, the destruction of that was because so let's, of let's Alexander Let's take that as, so when it, when was, let's, okay, let's, we're going to do a timeline here. Yeah. Because Alexander the Great, Aristotle was his teacher. And, um, so badass. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, he kind of destroyed the entire... <laughs> he looks at the Persian Empire and he's like, that's a lot of uh, potential to actualize <laughs> over there. I kind of want that. They think their leader is a god. You know, actualize I actualize a god. some, some uh, potential on their asses. Yes. <laughs> so he was born in 625. So Thales was essentially like the first mm-hmm. pre-Socratic. Yeah, yeah. And then Heraclitus. When was Heraclitus? Mm. They would, they would, did they live at the same time? No. He was after Thales. But I mean, no, I mean, Thera- I think it's I mean, like I mean, I mean um, yeah. Heraclitus and um, Parmenides? Parmenides. Yeah, I would think they're more around. They're closer to each other. Maybe a hundred year difference. Okay, so he's 535. Mm-hmm. And then Parmenides was what year? He was five, 515. He was, he's 20 years younger than 20 years. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's say we went from Thales. Yeah. To a hundred years later, Parmenides and Heraclitus. Yeah. And then what was that? Four, five, fifteen, mm-hmm. five, thirty-five. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. So five, fifteen. He's actually yeah. So he's younger. And then Aristotle died. Two hundred years after that. Yes. That's yeah. how much philosophical progress occurred. Yes. Fifteen hundred years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. They skipped fifteen hundred yes. years. Yeah. For, comment- for commentaries <laughs> of the and beautiful, it's me, and which... you, you, well, you, you, yeah. that's all. That's really what it is. It's yeah. commentary on the beautiful. I know, it's primarily yes. what that all is. But um, and well, it's you know they 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 want to they're actively trying to avoid seriously discussing Christianity. I know, as it yeah. is, that's the only that's the yes. only reason. Yeah, it, it can't be of good faith in that sense at all. Yeah, um, because I'm trying to think of. I lost my train of thought really fast. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a, an interesting point that I thought, or that mm-hmm. I don't know if it's interesting or not. Thing that I thought of that I piqued my own interest was um. You didn't finish it. Suck it down. I did. Your race? No, you did not. Oh, we have to destroy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get the I have to get the ratio right. Um, so why? Let's discuss why they might avoid. Um, why they might avoid discussing Christianity. I think because then you can't you can't just simply character caricature it, right? I, I think it's easier to caricature Christianity, um, and talk about. Um, Christianity as pe- being merely Protestantism because yeah. Protest- Protestantism is a continuation of pagan thought. That's the funny thing is she like mm-hmm. separated Protestantism and paganism. I know, right? Yes. like actually Catholicism was separate and Protestant the puritanical thought is actually more pagan than yes. Catholicism. Yeah. And so because of that, then, then she has to begin to explain deep fundamental distinctions um, about that the, the the Western world that you can't simply easily relate back to the beautiful boy mm-hmm. because you know she begins with that great beautiful boy, and then she wants to continue that, and and so the fifteen hundred years kind of doesn't support much of the case that she's trying to make, which is why it's actually not pagan. Yes, she I know, wants. Exactly. She desperately wants to make pagan arguments. Yes, she does. Yes, which is especially for the '90s, very chic and very fashionable. Yes, very, yeah. I think it's interesting. I think it's. I think. I think it's an interesting thought experiment. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that what their arguments might be is that it's not. They don't want to. It's just. It's. Especially to the American eye, medieval art is so overtly theological. Yes, it's yeah. so. That's why. That's why people like. Um, People have a very hard time taking Aquinas seriously, even though he really is just an extension of Aristotle. Yes. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. It's just a... It's I think that further. too, but honestly, I think it's also embarrassment because when they read it, they're like, I don't understand it. So I'm just going to um, pretend that he's stupid. Yeah. I really do think that's what it is yeah. because... They're like, oh, the language yeah. is too archaic or yeah. oh, the language is too... It's too... Yeah, it's like, no, it's because you're stupid. It's like, no, that's the height. Yes, the yeah. The height of philosophy yeah. was <laughs> yes. 1200, yeah. 1300, 1400, you know. Yes. Um. But it's funny that they, they I, a lot of people I know would be like, oh, it's too religious. It's too overtly. It's like you are analyzing Greek sculpture. <laughs> You're analyzing a sculpture of Athena. Why do you think they made that? Yeah. They didn't just think it was cool. They're there. It's almost more. It's like as overtly theological. Yeah. If not more than medieval yes. art. Yeah. Like it's mythology. It's not. Yes. Myth, it's it's like people when they read Greek mythology mm-hmm. they're reading it as if it was just literature it's like no this is literally re- li- this is religious text yes of the exactly. Greeks. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, you can't you can't separate it from their metaphysics at all yeah exactly and it's the same thing with with, with, with like with medieval art because they did like one of the main um displays and, and this is something that i actually learned um from uh when i was an undergrad when i did, when, I, when i was taking a, an art um history course Mm-hmm. This this professor actually was wasn't that bad. Yeah, uh, he wasn't the best, but he wasn't that bad. And and he talked about medieval art. And one w- one of the amazing thing was how Mary, since mm-hmm. and so anybody that knows uh, a little bit of Catholicism knows that uh, the Mary and Jesus in, in in Catholic theology was understood as the new um, Adam and the new Eve. Mm-hmm. And so it, it required the two um, 
the two sexes in order for the fulfillment of uh, of the salvation of man to really happen. So Mary was a very important part of the salvation of, uh, of man. <clears throat> and so the displays of her as being beautiful, when, when you look at a lot of these medieval paintings, mm-hmm. they displayed Mary very strong, very beautiful, very mm-hmm. um, just, uh, you know, an icon of femininity. And then Jesus was portrayed as the icon of masculinity because mm-hmm. they were man and woman per se. Like they weren't that's just, what, that's the point. Yes. They weren't just a man and a woman, but they were the presentation of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. They were a man and woman fully manifest. In yes. Nature. Yeah. And so it, it, it was, and so like her investigation into that would have been much more interesting because there is a sexual component to that. You can't eradicate the erotic from, um, uh, from, from human nature. And so there were, there was something there that they could have, that she could have explored. But again, it, it would have completely destroyed her understanding of the relation between the beautiful boy in ancient Greece to the rest of Western civilization because it didn't follow that trend. Since it rejected paganism, it didn't follow the erotic trend of the beautiful boy anymore. Yeah. It followed a, uh, a more, I would say, a sophisticated trend of, uh, of understanding the natural law mm-hmm. and, and, the, um, and understanding human nature as being fundamentally good, as sex being fundamentally good as... Um, many of these corporeal pleasures being a manifestation of God himself. Mm-hmm. And so the, it, it's... It, Which uh, is what the beautiful boy would become. It's like a... It's yes. like that culture... It's like in, it comes to fruition in medieval. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it rejects much of like the... The, 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 the I would say the animalistic aspect of... Uh, she uh, says uh, animal uh, nature like 8,000 yes, times. Yes, I know. Yes. And the thing uh, about those 1,500 years is that they rejected that because it no longer was this dualism. And so the, the thing that um, Albigensianism and Protestantism share with paganism is dualism, mm-hmm. is that you have the body and you have the soul and the body's animal and the soul is <clears throat> spiritual and good. And so, so with that, you have this, um, this dichotomy where sexuality is merely animal, animalistic while the soul is not. Mm-hmm. And with... Um, with Catholicism for those 15 years, that that just didn't exist anymore. Now you had hylomorphic principles. The idea that there's only one substance and that one substance is made of, of these two dependent things, that they're not independent realities. It isn't that the body and soul are independent reality where you just have the animalistic and the spiritualist side. is that you have one substance, this one substance is good and is made of dependent qualities. Mm-hmm. And so you cannot have the erotic without... Mm-hmm the spiritual and the um and and the physical is that it exists both uniformly and and coherently mm-hmm. and, and so many of the art and many of the writings and understandings of for, for example sexual behavior was both physical as, as well as spiritual um and 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 then when you when you went back to to um to Protestants and, and Albigensians in the 1500s, you actually go back to the pagan distinction. Now you have this Gnostic dualistic understanding of reality mm-hmm. where now you could just talk about the erotic without the spiritual. Which now, just tells you that she doesn't know anything about theology. Yes. yes, <laughs> Because yeah, yeah. to make that, that's that was the thing that irritated me most is she mm-hmm. kept saying that Catholicism was pagan. Yeah. It's like, it's markedly like the only non-pagan yes, yeah. religious system. Yes. That's like qualitatively what it is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the only other religion that would be almost as as anti-pagan really is Mohammedanism. Yeah. It's it's really the only one. That one and probably some aspects of, of um 
of Eastern religions, but we don't have to get it. But in Western, yeah. you know, it really would be Mohammedanism and Catholicism are really the only ones that are so anti-pagan that it's fundamental principles of reality and that's right, but- true good and beauty. That's why, that, well, that, that's... I don't, I don't know enough about why, mm-hmm. especially the Italian and English Renaissance yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know what... But she did talk about the differences, which I, I actually took some notes on because she was right on some of the differences, mm-hmm. and and I th- and and like one of the differences and and which I found interesting was that she claims that in the early part of the of the British um, Renaissance was I guess that the spinster woman was the new beautiful boy was the, was the new archetype of of um, of the femininity, but it was quickly overturned when um, puritanism kind of took over then the entire idea and then mm-hmm. and then you really see what, what was that um queen's name that they all named that era after elizabeth no victorian yeah victorianism right That's like, it. elizabethan victorian <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with victorianism kind of took over the british um, renaissance period mm-hmm. uh, or at least the, the later aspect of it yeah that kind of completely destroyed it. But yeah, because the, the, this is when you start to see the distinctions. Because like a lot of the Latin Renaissance was an attempt, you know, and and this is the part that um, historically speaking, to just call the Renaissance is kind of difficult because I think... It's so long. It's long. Yeah. And, and it depends on the historian. Yeah. So some historians say there was actually multiple Renaissance periods. Mm-hmm. So like when you look at the Baroque um, period that was earlier than the romantic period that was that that was earlier than than, than the later renaissance period you know you could you could say that that you know rena- the the first renaissance period started in the in the 1000s and then the later one started in the 1600s and so um but yeah there the, there was this um there was this what was this distinction and again this is where the conversation could have got more interesting because you know um sexuality was completely tied into sacramental activities in, in the Catholic mm-hmm. church. Yeah. And so sex, the, the, the activity of sex in the Catholic church is a sacramental act. And so it, it isn't so much so that you're just animalistically behaving, um, nor is it just like a social uh, acceptance. It's not completely intellectual. Right. It's yeah. completely, yeah. It, it is that it is sacramental, meaning that, you know, baptism in the church is a sacrament. First communion is a sacrament. Confession is a sacrament. And then the the one, the, the sacrament that kind of forks either way is holy orders or matrimony. Mm-hmm. And that literally, if you were to marry, like in a Catholic church, even until today, right? If you were to marry somebody in the, in the Catholic church and then the um, spouse is unwilling to give you sex, the marriage actually never happened. Mm. And so sex is not just like an aspect of life. It is the aspect of the sacrament yeah. is that you consummate this. You like, you literally actualize a sacrament when you put the dick in the pussy. Yeah. This is, you know, this is something that, that, that is so um, interesting about sexuality, especially for that, you know, for that period that, that she kind of refused to look at is that sex was, was exalted not only as, something that humans do but it was exalted as such a good that it requires itself its own sacrament mm-hmm. right its own sacred mystery just as 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 confession and baptism does this was completely eliminated within protestantism mm-hmm. like marriage in protestantism is not a sacrament 
Rather, it is that which sanctifies the disgusting animal behavior of sex. Yeah. And so the way the Protestants look at it is that sex is evil inherently and that it has to be sanctified by marriage. And so once you're married, now we could allow you to do this disgusting act that I don't want to know. Right. Yeah. I, I don't want to know how you guys do it. Just It's gross. And, and, this, and this is the way that um, the Protestants the idea, Yeah. So sex is a disgusting thing that God has to purify for you. Yes. That the God, yeah, exactly. And... Um, and so the Latin Renaissance, as, as opposed to the Protestant Renaissance that you found in England, really did differ in that. And I remember growing up, and I found this um, same thing, like even with um, uh, with my dad told me, because uh, I think me and my brother one time, we were younger, and we told my, we asked my parents, like, why don't you guys, because um, we see it on TV, and we were, we were raised in this country, and we, so I asked my dad, I was like, why don't you guys celebrate, um, uh, what was it, Valentine's Day? And so, so in the U.S., the Valentine's Day is normally that you go there and, and, and then you, like if you're married, you go with your spouse and then you go to, you know, get dinner or whatever. And then you celebrate um, Valentine's Day. Yeah. And my dad just crudely, my mom was sitting next to him. She was disagreeing with him, right? And so, so, and so, she, so he, she, he crudely was like, because it's stupid. He was like, Valentine's supposed to be for the beloved. I was like, yeah, but isn't that your spouse? He was like, no. It's like beloved is when you're like dating yeah, or, or whatever, or like, like, like she mentions very, very accurately. It was for like the, for, for, for the mistress or whatever. Yeah. It was like, that is what the beloved was. And so they, they even had like holiday celebrations for the beloved, for the fornicators, for, for, for whatever yeah. in which you, um, in which you celebrated and exalted this, uh, you know, this, 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 this aspect of reality. And then it was. It wasn't really until England and their Renaissance, in which they made, since since marriage was no longer a sacrament and a duty, they made the spouse into the beloved. And so since now the, the spouse sexy, yes, yeah, because in some way, how are you going to sanctify this mm. if if it is no longer like a duty and a responsibility that you did before God? Yeah as a sacrament for your own salvation. Yeah. So what is it now? Now it's only reduced down to romance. Yeah. And so you, you hear many contemporary, um, like people are saying, you got to just keep the romance alive. You got to keep it going. You got to get whatever, because it, there's no longer that sacramental duty. It's no longer yeah. that, you know, this is what you, what you bound yourself to in your one flesh anymore. Now it is that now you have to, in some way, placate this other aspect of, uh, of this, where this is your eternal beloved. This is your forever beloved. You have to be continuously dating your spouse, and 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 so and so this really happened because of that of that shift of of of, of, elimin, of eliminating the sacrament, and then and then further trying to make sense of this act in which we do. Because if you if you once you eliminate it sacramentally, and then you're going to get counterculture. Why the fuck get married then? Marriage is just a piece of paper at that point. Why do that? If it if it is not about the salvation of your soul, so why no one getting married makes sense. Yes, in that framework. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like then, why do it? If if it if it is just because you I don't know you want to be in front of your friends and be like, hey, I'm not going to put my dick in any other pussy anymore. If that is all that that that's left to it, and then this person becomes your eternal beloved. This person becomes your eternal um, dating uh, uh, courtship. And, and I think that puts too much strain and, and it, and it also just does not fully acknowledge the reality of the responsibility that one has towards that person. Cause it, it is no longer that now I am responsible for the well-being. I am responsible that I have to 
literally die for this other person now this person is simply my my the person that i'm dating and the and that the point that this person that i'm dating no longer fulfills you know the pleasures in which i seek now i could just abandon them yeah and this is what it becomes and so now it goes back to paganism now marriage goes back to what you found with aristophanes when he talks about like the um uh, the the um what do you say the uh Aristophanes talked about the fuck. You know the souls in which you find each other. Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not gonna remember. Did they say in pop culture soulmates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to this, this Aristophanic kind of soulmate idea, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is what Protestant Protestantism leads you to. And so this is what you see in the modern world mm-hmm. now is that now we go back to this idea of soulmates. We no mm-hmm. longer go back to sacramental duty. Mm-hmm. Now, again, because Protestantism. Is, is more similar to paganism, yeah. you get much of the pagan ideas back into its structure and its worldview. That was kind of a long monologue, but... No, but, that's fine. Yeah, but but, but again, that, that was um that, that was one one thing that, that I think she she could have expanded on more more accurately, but that she made that distinction between the, the Italian, the Latin Renaissance, as opposed to the... Um, that's the thing, because yeah, I don't... I, don't yeah. I really don't take issue with any specific observation she makes. Yeah, at all. But she just think, doesn't, doesn't flesh I think it out. Th- I think she, th- as as far as women go, she's like kind of a genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially listening to her talk. Um, yeah. I do. I do think she's a better orator and a better essayist than she is like a thesis writer. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I really, really, really like Paulia speaking. I think yeah. she's spectacular and she's yeah, yeah, fiery yeah. and she has this. I like insane... when she criticized postmodernists. She's because she knows why to criticize them. Yes, she gets it. So it's weird to read something like this. And, that, that, that's the part that's and frustrating. And not ref, reflect. Yes. And of course, any a lot of interviews I've seen have been in the last five years. Mm-hmm. So she could have changed her mind. That's twenty five years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, She's yeah. just getting her doctorate. At, at, yeah. In nineteen ninety or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what else do you have in your notes? Because a lot of my stuff is like kind of conclusive. Because I I didn't. Well, I, I don't want to conclude. So we're only an hour in. Mm, okay. A lot of my observations are. Mm. Let me see. Or I don't know. Um, my other one was about rape. Do it. Okay. So. With Marquis de Sade and everything. Yeah. But. Um, so the, 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 the time period of rape. As being a, a part of the sexual persona. Yeah. And re- really, the regions I find really interesting because um, this is the part that she doesn't really touch upon, like the inversion yeah. of, of values and everything. That I think um, that again can be related back to it because if you were to think that sex is intrinsically gross and animalistic, that the activity itself can never really be viewed as a good. It could only be viewed as something that is permissive, mm-hmm. and um, so if it is only activity that is permissive but never, never good, the exploration of of rape will be a a, a I think a facet that people are just going to get into, right? Mm-hmm. Because then, if you're going to think to yourself, okay, I am gross, I am disgusting, I want to do this thing, um. Why not then do it the most effective way where I could just hold the woman down that is much more fragile than I am and just mm-hmm. stick my dick in her. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, again, I, I think this goes back to this kind of inversion, the, this separation that you have with those 1,500 years that she refused to talk about. Um, 
to what happened in the later Renaissance period where, where rape just became a facet of sexuality and one that one that somebody can't explore. And, um, yeah. You're not going to eat fucking cake? Fine. What do you mean fine? Let me cut it. Amy, I had to convince Jeremy to eat the cake. <laughs> no, I need more than that. That can be yours. What are you talking about? God. Fine. You just don't want any of it then, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, then take the fucking cake, Grant. <laughs> He's cake raping me. <laughs> Look at that. Mm. Amanda. <laughs> Here's my... Cake rape? Two-fifths of a pound of cake. Do <laughs> you want some of You do? Mm. I can't mm. see because I'm... You have to be way... I know you're... I know you're Alaska native, but you really have to be more expressive than that. <laughs> or I won't understand. <laughs> oh, can I tell you an anecdote? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've told you before. Um, this will be a nice little break. We have cake break and then go mm-hmm. back and then. Yeah. Um, I, this is a lot. Of, this is cake. Um, so when this is for Amanda mainly. Um, when I was in elementary school, there was a woman. You have to finish that because we have one more gin and tonic worth of Good. quinine water mm-hmm. um we had a substitute teacher when i was in elementary school she was native i f- based on her weight and the shape of her face she must have been a nupiak but i don't know yeah, yeah. um but apparently <laughs> they're the they're like barrow like the most northern mm. there's so amanda can you so Na- here, natives get mad if you call them native they're eskimos Okay, so Amanda, can I try something? So we got this, right? So this is my Alaska map for the viewers. If you put your hand like this, it's Alaska. So we have a new piacre up here. You pick her down here, right? And then we have Athabascan in the middle. Clink her down here. What's right here? Anchorage. White people. There's like what twenty nine tribes or something, and I know like four large groups because I don't care. I don't care at all. Out here, there's like ten people. Right. Yeah. Like when you mean tribes, it's like you in a hut mm-hmm. with your dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, so we had this elementary. We had this substitute teacher when I was in elementary school, and I I was not involved. I didn't know it was going to happen, but my teacher my fifth grade teacher english teacher because you know i was in the immersion program so was my spanish the peruvian man who could hold himself up mm-hmm. perpendicular on a pole at 55 years old he yeah. ate almonds and raw eggs for lunch um this woman she stopped class to castigate us because she said so i don't i don't read it was at least 20 years like 15 and 20 years ago i don't i don't know how long it was but um she gets up in front of class and she's like okay so i have gotten some complaints and i just want you all to know that mrs whatever her name was um she doesn't talk slow because she thinks you're stupid <laughs> she just talks slowly because she's an alaskan native <laughs> 
<laughs> and apparently eight, like a huge number of kids in the class had complained because they thought the substitute teacher was talking to them like they were stupid. <laughs> like these are a bunch of like nine-year-olds <laughs> who feel patronized by the native lady. <laughs> Thank you for like in the Spanish immersion class. Well, yeah, it was English, but oh, it's yeah. English side or whatever. But yeah, but I mean, we're like, Spanish hey, people just, speak so quickly. I know, it's priest Peruvian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, come on, we got, we got, we got to move on. So today we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about the comma. <laughs> what is a comma? <laughs> so, um, the word and. <laughs> Or but, or, or, not because you don't use a comma with because. <laughs> That's my impression of it. <laughs> Amanda's Alaska native, so I'm allowed to do this in her presence with her. So we're back. Um, <laughs> we lost about 10 minutes of audio because my I don't have the cable here anymore. I put it over here, so we're going to have the computer over here from now on because I can move everything around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my leg kicked the cable out, and I guess I didn't notice that the audio wasn't coming through my monitors anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if the moment where we figured out the overhead light is... Mm-hmm. No, just If it looks better, that's why. We figured out that we had a light on above us. Um, mm. So you had a thing to say about um, your hot daughter... Mm. <laughs> snatching the harmonica away no, from it's, me. it's just that there really is a known correlation between hot chicks and how crazy they are. Mm. And, um... This is gonna make me, this is yeah. not, let's not give context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's, like ten, there's like ten minutes of anecdote the audience yeah. doesn't get to hear. And so it's like... When you have your own kid that's that way... Because, you know... And and this is just like not even subjectively speaking. I, I get told so often when people see me with my daughters how pretty they are. Mm-hmm. And so they're all, all the girls are like extremely pretty. But then there's one that has like this, like I guess more sexual, you know, hotness about her. Mm-hmm. That you You're know, not saying you find your daughter sexually appealing. No, no, no. But I do have be, to. We do have to say that. yes, but You're you can recognize you, yes, yes. Yes, one of your daughters is going to be way more difficult later. In life, yes, yeah, yeah. As far as men go, than, yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, but she's also the craziest one. It's like she just batshit crazy. She just starts <laughs> insulting me, and I'm like, I just, yes, I, I just not. They're just bitches. You know, they're the ones that like key your car. They're the ones. Why that do are just you? Like, why do you not have hair? <laughs> That's not the dig. I don't care about that. <laughs> and you're like, stop, stop. I know. And she just goes, at me, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what's your problem? She's too hot. That's her problem. She's too hot <laughs> for her own good. No, yeah, like when, when I was, um, so the, so the other day when I was, was it just yesterday? Yeah, it was just yesterday when I was watching um, uh, Little and the Professional with her. It was like she identified with Natalie Portman so much. And then when I saw them together, I'm like, holy shit. There's like, there's so much similarities. How crazy she is. Like, <laughs> like you know that part where um, in the movie where she goes to that person in the hotel and she'd be like, he's not my father. He's my lover. Like, she just like kind of maniacally laughed. She was like, ah. <laughs> like she kind of completely understood that. Um how insane that would be to say. Yes, I was saying, and, and and that she probably would do the same. 
And so there, yeah, there, there's a there's this thing about you know the the measurement of the hotness. Everybody knows like the hot matrix, um, you know, scale with with with, with crazy women. Wow. But yeah, but but to see it with your own child manifesting, and you're trying you're to like, do <laughs> everything possible to curb that, but you realize there isn't there's nothing stopping it. She is just hot. She's got to be crazy. She's a bitch. She knows how to get under people's skin, and then at the same time, because she is so hot. Everybody wants to be around her, no matter how much of a bitch she is to them. I don't want to be around her. At I know all. you don't. Yes, but but also you're gay. <laughs> yes, I do yes. not find women attractive. There, there's always that, but even other women just want to be around her, like other girls or right? They just want, they, you know, she's a cheerleader. Or she's fucking. So it's the archetype of the horrible popular girl. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. yeah. One of the reasons why I homeschool her, I was like, I don't want you to bully others. I think some some parents she like home, I know some parents like homeschool the kids to shelter them. It's like no no no, I want to shelter the world from you <laughs> because you would be such a monster to everybody. That but then you, you want to shelter your weird son. Yes yeah yeah yes <laughs> of course yes, yes yeah. It's too impressionable. <laughs> he he's much more easily um like enculturated like when he was watching Leon he 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 was more like you know the basic American response like oh why why is she doing that well Monica was like ah yeah that's I get it I get it (laughs) I would do the same but yeah but anyways let's go back to (laughs) that we lost our momentum with the recording cutting off yeah yeah I had my whole anecdote about native people (laughs) <laughs> lost to time yes anyway should should we do an interlude probably for the better what should we do like an interlude or something where it cuts off like go and strip the audio off that video of the guy doing our father in Aramaic <laughs> <laughs> and then just cut back <laughs> show like, Pope, Pope Francis's face like weeping <laughs> it's the whole like five minute clip should I do that That'll be funny. Yeah, we could. Yeah, because it'll be good on video too. Not for five minutes, but just like a, a split, like a few seconds. <laughs> be like, what we the are fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. So, what else do we have to say about sexual? Do you have a whole thing? Yeah, kind of you have way more bullet points than I do. Mine I are more fleshed um, out and fewer. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is um, pretty much what we already talked about, though. Should we just bullshit for the rest of the episode? What, like, should we just conclude our conversation about sexual persona? Yeah, yeah. I want to know what you... Have so... I'm trying to think of what I... So what I expected going to sexual persona is different than what I got. Yeah. Because I am, I am extremely familiar with the first section Mm -hmm. because I've read it halfway through so many times. Um, I think that what I expected from sexual persona, um, unrightly was an, she says a lot about like how she, she contrasts male sexuality and experience with female sexuality experience or female, yeah, sexuality experience. Um, in that 
like like she makes the point about how um there's there's an archetypal symbolism in the fact that women cannot see their genitalia and men can mm-hmm. you know and that the, the female is something to be discovered and that the masculine is is a is a honing instrument there's like a literally it, I, I don't remember i don't think she said it in this one i think she says it in vamps and tramps where like there's literally something about how men urinate in a stream that goes outside of the body in a direction and can be directed just even to that level there's something about how male men fixate and women are to be conquered but then in the end men are actually the ones sacrificing themselves and women are the one that 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 capture the male mm-hmm. and like there's there's a lot of that that i think is extremely correct i mean although like kind of like maybe maybe overly poetic and like mm-hmm. to it so its own fault and like i don't know mm-hmm. but like the first section is awesome mm-hmm. like that first chapter is just like like it talks about like female menstruation and about how right. women are will are incapable and will never be able to um I'm trying to remember what the line is in the book. It's much, much later, but it says um, there are there are no female Mozarts because there are no female Jack the Rippers. Right, and like, yeah, like yeah. that's a good line. That's mm-hmm. a good observation. It's that that, that, yeah. that there are no female geniuses because there are also no female imbeciles. Yeah. yeah, they're just yeah. that's that's a that's a male thing. Yeah, and that she she like like f- women occupy this like really realistic and normal and uh, grounded, like center of the IQ spectrum. Yeah. Like they're just women are generally much more intuitive and realistic about yes. just how they live their day to day lives. They're much more stable. They're much more mm-hmm. like, and men are either like really, really stupid or like geniuses to their own fault. Yes, and yeah. I think that that's like really, really good, mm-hmm. especially in response to the feminist movement that she was kind of yes. contrasting herself against. And like yeah. why like people like Judith Butler or something would, would hate her. Yes, yeah, like yeah. because she very, very loudly <coughs> distinguishes the sexes from one another, and they yes. they they have different roles. But then that's kind of where it ends, and then from then on is just examples of that. Yes, yeah. And I would really like to have. I I didn't necessarily. So what I'm talking about is like what I expected was like an investigation of that mm-hmm. and what it means about the structure yeah. of reality and our relationship mm-hmm. with it. And more, it's just examples through art of the way that those archetypes have manifest possibly in artists yeah. that made art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you felt kind of the same way because like you you yeah. read that first, especially the first and second chapter, like when she's covering mm-hmm. the Greeks and yeah. that first chapter and then her her time with the Greeks. Yeah, yeah, was really good. And then she just kind of like flaccidly jumps to the Renaissance and just kind of like, yeah, like impose like, because the other thing is like, I don't necessarily know if what's going on is she is projecting her own. Because would you say, would you, sorry, I'm I'm trying to formulate this. Would you say that it's fair to assume that her unspoken thesis might be that all art is all great art is a result of sexual confusion or struggle with the archetypes. I don't know. 
I, I, th- I think that's saying more than what she would say. I know, but that's yeah. kind of, could you say that I could reading it as a, as yes. a, as a rational person drive that? Yeah. Um, like when she is imparting to all of these people sexual confusion, she's like, obviously Oscar Wilde is a good, good example of someone who's sexually confused yes. because he, yeah, yeah. he literally, there was literally a, a trial, a public trial of his defense of his own homosexual behavior or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but when you're like reading Emily Dickinson and she's imparting all of this like internal archetypal sexual struggle to Emily Dickinson, it's like, yeah. I don't know how much of that is her projecting her own struggle mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff on right. to yeah, the artist. Yeah, yeah. Which I think like how, many times how, how do you take Michelangelo <laughs> and project onto Michelangelo like sexual confusion? Right, exactly. Like yeah, you don't, yeah. you just have the work. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I agree. And I, th- I think that's why even my starting notes was that I was like, she makes these really bold claims about Leonardo and Michelangelo being gay or homosexual and, and, and confused sexually, but. um. But never really backs that up with anything. But because this is the same thing, the same criticism you had with Foucault is that the arguments make sense within the framework of the work. Yes. All of this makes sense within the framework of sexual persona. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know how sexual persona is supposed to speak to anything beyond itself. Yeah. And because it's a doctoral thesis, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't pretend to know what she was thinking when she wrote it. Because right, when yeah. I listen to her, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I get a little bit more of a well-rounded impression of her as a thinker, as a yeah. as a speaker and a writer. Yes. Just yeah. this, I don't know if this was just a hurdle to jump. I don't. Right, I, yeah. I, I. I can't assume what was going on. No. Yeah. But we can make judgment on, on what is said. Yes. Like we can't know her intentions, but we can know what is said at least. And I think what is said. And based is, on this, it's very half baked. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the end, and maybe it was to please. Her advisor, who, mm-hmm. you know, who who is grading her all the shit. So yeah, I find that that could be the case, but it nevertheless does not make the work any more warranted or less warranted. It's just because I don't know if it was warranted. Yeah, I think that as a little essay, the first chapter would have been great. Yeah, yeah, she makes she's a very very good essayist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in like short spurts. Um, right. Because I really I really sense from it that um she is. Ic- her her feminine intuition is of of her time period unrivaled. Yeah, especially when she speaks and stuff, and the way mm-hmm. just the little details that she she intuits from her surroundings about the way that um, the social structure operates at a different as a at a um, given time are mm-hmm. her observations are really really good. Yeah, yeah, but she's not a metaphysician. <laughs> right. And yes. I think that that's the, kind of what this work tries to, it tries to, it tries to explain what it can explain. And because what she, it, it try, it doesn't even try. It think again, I, I really do think that it, reading many postmodernists or contemporaryists, mm-hmm. um, they really do think that that is an explanation in itself. So like, like one, one writing this reminds me of is it Dustin Gelson. Mm-hmm. Um, and in their book called um, Aesthetics, mm-hmm. they go through like the uh, the alterations of how, uh, the, you know, w- within the scientific method, things were presented in, 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 in such a different way. But in the end, they never really say anything because it's, it's just giving you historical, I guess, 
um, happenings of the way things display themselves in reality, but it never gives you why it displayed itself in that way. Mm -hmm. And to think that just giving you the material correlations mm -hmm. is sufficient to explain the why. And, and it's just not. All, all that, they are, all that you, you have shown me there is that you have very meticulously observed many, um, many works of art um, and how they were produced but never really went deeper into why would, why would an artist do this? Yeah. Why would it become the trendy thing right now to present an art with the sexual persona being in this, in this fashion? Mm -hmm. Why would it be the rapist? Why would it be the beautiful boy? Why would it be you know, the, the puritanical um, spinster or whatever? And, and, and I, think, um, I think a large part of it is, is because it doesn't want to explore anything with meaning mm -hmm. it only wants to explore anything that has correlative processes and and so because of that it just it, it, it lacks in its explanation it, it is what it is mm -hmm. it's like you know like i said earlier it's like if 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 i want to hire a researcher she might be someone good for that just be like hey i need information on this could you go get it for me mm -hmm. but then you you as a as a thinker should be one that can cohesively make an argument mm -hmm. of of why this would be the case like what mm -hmm. is the final causal relations and what is the formal reality mm -hmm. of it and she doesn't do that well it was very odd I don't, it wasn't odd but it was very one of my i guess turnarounds mm -hmm. was you know like i said it's it's kind of a rite of passage cuz i mean it's it's a rite of passage and like wow you can read like you right yeah you yeah. can really you really, really can slog through something long. Like, yeah. Literally, the book is this thick. Yes. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. as an audiobook, it's 35 hours. Yes, yeah. Of nonstop talking. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think I would recommend it to anyone as, like, a reading. I just, like... Yeah. Because she's, she's extremely good at description. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that I would be, like, just read fiction. Just, re just read yes. the thing she's talking about. Yeah. Like if you're really, really that interested in Dickinson, just read Emily Dickinson. Yes, thank just you. read Wordsworth. Just read Coleridge. Mm -hmm. Just read Oscar Wilde. Just yeah. read them. Mm -hmm. It's and just get out of them whatever you're gonna get, like whatever. But yeah, it just but I don't. But since her her explanation is undirected, it'll be like it'll be your interpretation will be just as undirected. Yeah. Not yours in particular, but just someone reading could them. be. Yeah, could would be. likely be just. As yeah, so so it really doesn't matter. In the end, it's like, yeah, so what? And, and and that's the issue with writings like this. Is like in the end, so what? What are you telling me? Are you going to tell me anything or no? And and, and I think many many academics, are, you know, especially since the nineteen sixties, all the way through 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 now. Uh, even if they themselves are not cowards and tim and timid people. Their writings by their nature are cowardice writings. It's like, just make the claim. You could be wrong, fine. But if you don't want to make an actual strong claim of reality, then just don't write. And and, and that's the issue that I have with Willow. I really, I really think she'd be a spectacular novelist. Yeah, she would. She would write extreme... She, it's the thing with... So this is my problem with Ayn Rand. Yeah. Ayn Rand's books are great. 
like her her novels. Are they? Yeah. Like the you wouldn't. I mean, you obviously you don't you really don't get anything out of fiction, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's an art form, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like the Fountainhead is great. Yeah. It's very didactic, so you can you you can pretty easily, um, like the the philosophy of it is very face value and then it's yeah. very it's very individualistic you know mm-hmm. that you you determine your worth as a human right. being you know you yeah. create your own truth like this is whatever but like they're it's it's a novel so yes, it's like yeah, it's yeah. good and like i really think that polly would be a spectacular novel and i said she's a good essayist i yeah. really like her essays when they're about a current event or a specific thing yeah but when like this was not I think this is my least favorite work of hers. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really a, a, a shocking flip to me because I didn't expect yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I, I really like Camille Paglia mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, I think, have you seen pictures of her doing her, have you seen her like, um, I don't know if they're press photos, but there's like there's like one really funny picture of her where she she always does this pose where she's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has like a switchblade, and she's like in front of urinals, and you're like, that's like really cool. It's <laughs> like she's just like badass and cool and well dressed yeah, yeah. and funny, and like yeah. she pisses all the like third wave feminists off. And like, right. Yeah. She under she obviously innately understands the the sexual difference between man and woman and yes, how they. Yeah how they um, compliment each other. Mm-hmm. And that's all great. And like she has, a, I don't remember when um, she's many, many times she's given the spiel spiel where, you know, she grew up Italian. So there's mm-hmm. the big, I mean, Italian American, but whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's like, you have a bunch of people over and like all of the men are outside working on a car while all the women are in the kitchen. Yeah. And that's fine. And yeah. that men and women occupy different hierarchies mm-hmm. is fine. Cause they're men and women and they just don't exist in the same world. Yeah. Their social circles are totally different. Yeah. And the fact that she likes that and extols that mm-hmm. is like deeply correct. Mm-hmm. And like, that's great. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's this specific work. I just don't understand why it was written. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and she couldn't make the proper propositions that 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 that, um, that that that's the way it should be. But the issue is that why? You, yeah, you can't question her further. Yeah. Sorry, we well, good. Just leave it at that. But that's a very feminine thing. Yes, like, yeah. it's like no, no, this is the way it should be. Yeah, so okay, good. They don't need question. They don't need questioning. You <laughs> yes. ought not question a woman. You know, <laughs> don't question a woman, and the woman knows what's right. <laughs> Isn't that right, Amanda? Yeah. She wasn't listening. <laughs> I said that women are always right because they just intuit it. Anyway, she's not going to get it. Her face didn't react at all. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even to an hour and a half, so we're going to have to flush. we got another hour to go. Okay, yeah. But, um, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if there's any more commentary that you could have on it, but th- th- that seems to be, uh, at least for me, everything that I've said. Let me, let me. My my biggest my biggest gripes with 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 a lot of things as well as what um. And I really do think a large part of that are just it's the fact that she skipped fifteen hundred years of history. It's just very annoying. It's like yeah. don't don't pretend like you're doing an objective analysis of the history of Western art. If yeah, like what is it? Giotto, Giotto is a really um, influential. Mm medieval Italian painter and he yeah, did a yeah. lot of those like you know like <clears throat> a lot of Picasso's work even like harkens back to like mm-hmm. eight like 
dozens of characters doing something in the same scene. Oh, right, right, yeah. He yeah. just did a lot of like pictures of saints and stuff. Yeah. I really, I really do think it's because there's something unfashionable and not chic about yeah, yeah. seriously considering Christian yeah. <laughs> art. Yeah. And so it's, they don't even want to bother to look at it. Yeah, so, yeah. But you look at Greek stuff, which is just as theological, not as coherently, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very annoying. Yes. Um, but you could talk about the beautiful boy, and so it makes it more... Um, so what's your history with the beautiful boy? Do you have... You just you liked the phrase? Yeah, I just, it's, it's kind of funny. Beautiful boy. Yeah, the beautiful boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just kind of funny, but, but I think... Because that's all, something that's like... I've actually... I've when I um I did not read it, mm-hmm. but I really liked her commentary on, um, Death in Venice. Mm. I think it was really really good because yeah, you, yeah. you Amanda's read it. Yeah, Amanda, mm-hmm. you've read Death in Venice. Did you read it? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's Fountainhead is really good. Yeah. But when she, but once Ayn Rand starts doing like, the virtue of selfishness and like writing metaphysics, yeah, it's yeah. like doesn't make. What was that? Yeah, it's like just yeah. just be a novelist. Yeah, it's amazing. You saw it's almost like um, the Perfume Nationalist did an episode on it. It's just mm-hmm. like you you can smell it. It's so mm-hmm. good. Like it's yeah, just it's, it's the so, way it's, it's written. Yeah. It's extremely good. I mean, it's it's really really long winded. But um, yeah. um, what was the thing I was talking about before I asked you if you'd read Death in Venice? Oh, Death in Venice. Yeah. When she talks about oh, the beautiful boy, yeah, the beautiful boy. Yeah. It's like being a, a sodomite. There is something that goes unrecognized in the the admiration of the masculine, especially youthful masculinity, precedes sexual desire, and she inherently gets that. Yeah, because in it's nothing in Death and Venice was ever sexual, mm-hmm. and there was nothing to in it to convince you that his fixation was sexual. Mm. He was just fixated. He yeah, was just yeah. fixated on the beauty of youth. Yeah. And like, I just, I really liked her commentary on that because she, she gets it. Yeah. She understands it. Mm-hmm. And because I understand it, I can go therefore rationalize it. But yes, yeah, she yeah. doesn't do anything to like. To develop it at all. No. Because yeah. you enjoy women and that's fine. But you like, there's something about. Yeah beautiful young men Mm -hmm. that does something for me that isn't necessarily sexual Mm -hmm. that it just doesn't do for you because you're just not inclined in that way and like hearing her talk about it was like kind of cool yeah because it's not you're not turned on by young men but there's just Mm -hmm. like a a fixation and like encapsulation by youthful masculinity it's just like yeah almost intimidating and like terrifying (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was. I, I enjoyed hearing her talk about. Yeah, it, but um. No, I, I did too. I mean, I I think it's interesting. Um. Um. And I think it's false to say that I don't get it. I mean, I, I do get it. I I think I think anybody maybe can you really, don't empathize. With yeah, it. you know, it's a different thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I think anybody can really comprehend what what is meant by that because there, even just socially, there is a certain. I don't know if exaltation would be the right word, but at least there, there's a certain um, caring that one has for the young man that is not the same that you have for the young woman. No. And, and I think it is different, and, and you see that. And, and 
And I think a lot of it is because it's it's a recognition of unrealized potentiality. And you know that it's going to be realized, or at least that it can be realized. And the significance of the young man is that we mature much slower. And in maturing much slower, um, everything about us, you know, like our, our bones fuse later than, than women do. Mm-hmm. Um, the development of muscles comes a little bit later. And, and so when you see that, 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 that point uh, of, of the boy not yet fully a man and yet has the potential to be one, I think there's just a recognition of something beautiful there that is neither just masculine or feminine, but there is a, like a blending of the two that they only represent because like a young lady is only a young lady. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you see Nat- Natalie Portman in Leon the Professional, she's a beautiful young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see a young boy, it's not the same. It, yeah. it, it isn't as if, I don't know how to explain it. There, 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 there is this, um, there is this sense that you are just drawn to the, like, manifestation of, 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 of that beautiful boy that, um, that I think she explains quite well, but, but probably you're right that I think, you you could empathize it better than I do, but I think many people many people kind of recognize it. Even when you see uh, an extremely, you know, butch, so, butch so, guy having a son, and when they're in that age, when they're in that age, when they're like 12, 13, 14 years old, it's like that man just. You, well, there's there's a perfect aesthetic yeah. manifestation in them. Yes. Yeah. In like in the. I'm trying to think of what what would be aesthetically manifest, but so it's, it's like in the beautiful boy is the perfect manifestation of innocence in a way mm-hmm. because <clears throat> and almost androgyny really well androgyny and innocence yeah. i would say because a, a a girl never doesn't intuit what's going on no young young girls know how the world works better than young men yes do. yeah definitely that way younger than 12 13 yes. 14 yeah i know yeah, you talk yeah. to a six-year-old girl and there's yeah. something that a girl young child yes a, a female intuits that a man doesn't until yeah. he's much 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 older yeah like well into his life that a man yes. doesn't know we've talked yeah. about it before because you know people say that women mature faster than men it's like a 10 year old girl is more mature than many 30 year old men like it's like it's, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. a way slower process it is so yeah. when you see a 12 13 year 15 yeah. year old boy and they're 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 at a it's not they're not at peak fitness but there's a certain archetype of um physical constitution manifest in them mm-hmm. they are at their most enthusiastic, but their least sane. Yeah, yeah. And there's just some there's because this is what a man a man's intuition is is to protect the weak. Mm-hmm. And when you see a fourteen year old boy, mm-hmm. that's the weakest person that exists. <laughs> essentially, right, right, like not right, necessarily right. maybe mentally, maybe not physically, yeah. but there's some there's something about the archetype of the beautiful mm-hmm. boy that is the most like precious yeah. and to protect yeah there's something precious about it yeah because the potential is the greatest but also yes. they're the most vulnerable yes yeah um because that's the age at which men are either made or destroyed essentially yes. yeah most of the time yep yeah and i th- again i think Polly's fixation in the book on that is 
correct. I think the fixation is correct. I do too. Yeah. I don't think she could tell you why that that, fixa- for that right, fixation yes. is correct. Yeah. And I do. This is. I don't. I don't, I don't want to be super contragentilis about this, but like it is a woman that wrote it. <laughs> so like we can't be super upset. Yeah. Because we have at length, especially in early episodes, discussed the distinction between the male intellect and the female intuition. Um. I just I just don't think that most women in their intuition are prepared to explain at length and in detail that which the male intellect can explain. Mm-hmm. But they're also much more readily um, able to perceive it than men are. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think I think this book is a good example of a woman attempting to operate in the male sphere and just not doing it the same. Yeah. Because I think Paul, mm-hmm. I think a lot of. Yeah, I don't know about now, but I think a lot of Paulia's earlier work and her fixation on the masculine and the fact that men—you know—she multiple times she says that men build everything. Yeah, yeah. All Western civilization was built by men, mm-hmm. which it was. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I think that there's a little bit of a bitterness in her tone mm. because I think she's really, really, really upset that she's not a man. You think so? Yeah. I think Paulia's upset that she's not a man. Yeah. Um, I do know that she's celibate. Mm-hmm. She does not partake of any kind of sexual activity at all. Yeah. She calls, I don't know if she's called herself a lesbian. She only yeah. has ever had any kind of experience with women, I think. Okay, yeah. Or that that's kind of her thing is mm-hmm. that she's a celibate lesbian or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know exactly. But it's like there's a, there's a special bitterness she holds towards the fact that she's not a man. Yeah. That yeah. I sense. Yeah. As a man who loves men. Like I just kind of, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. is why lesbians irritate me so much. <laughs> You're just mad you don't have a penis. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the war between gays and lesbians is that gay men. So so what's the what's the gripe? This is how I've described it is that gay men would say that lesbians, especially butch lesbians, mm-hmm. are way too serious. Can't take yeah. a joke. And butch lesbians and lesbians to a lesser extent would say that gay men, um, everything is a joke. So there's everything is a joke to gay men and mm-hmm. lesbians don't know how to take a joke. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, there's kind of a disconnect between the two, obviously. Yeah. Um, especially sexually. <laughs> like they're, just, <laughs> they're just worlds that don't. Um, so, so what like would lead a man to be uh, regularly sodomous in his uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. would be a, uh, what's the say? An imbalance in his concern for physical pleasure, I would mm-hmm. say, is that he just wants to protect a physical pleasure. Yeah. And men know how to give like better blowjobs than women do. It's just true. <laughs> it's just a thing because <laughs> men know what men want better than women do, and that's just true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> men understand. I really don't know. I understand. Because, no, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I, and I really wouldn't super know, but it, would, yeah. it makes sense that men would understand male pleasure better than women do. Like, that's because they're men. Yeah. Yes. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I have no opinion on that because I. But I, is that not easy to rationalize that men would understand male pleasure better than women do? No. Why? What? Oh, women understand what, like female. I just don't think that's true. Do you think it's true that women understand I female think, pleasure? I think I understand the female don't, pleasure don't more than Don't give a woman me the does. joke face. What? I think I understand the female pleasure more than a female does. 
Interesting. Okay. No, so that's just generally. Like, I just think, like, most men would, who have experienced both, would say that men give better Mm -hmm. blowjobs than women do, essentially. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know. (laughs) Yeah, neither would I. But anyway, I think that's just a thing. I don't, what what was I saying? I don't know. I'm intoxicated enough to know. (laughs) This is a weird, this is a weird detail to end on and not remember what my point was. Because I think many girls are like, ooh, I wouldn't like that. But I think a guy who knows what a woman wants would be able to give it to her that. Or she would think that she wouldn't like it. I think it could be the same thing the other way around. Yeah. Like a guy might be like, I wouldn't like that. But I think a woman would know what to do to a guy mm-hmm. to make him like come faster or whatever. And be like, yeah. I didn't think that would happen. And so, yeah, I I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, know. So I don't remember what my point was. So yeah, I don't know where to go from <laughs> I don't know what my springboard was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the beautiful boy. That's what we're talking. The beautiful boy. I love beautiful boys. Not sexually. I'm not. I'm yeah. not partaking of beautiful boys. No, even like random instances. If we go back to the beautiful boy, the, the the times that I would just cry. For example, I it happened to me when I cut my um when I cut uh my son's hair. Yeah. And then I was just like wiping the hair off of his shoulders, and for some reason that just I started to weep. And there was just something about it. It was just like, did he go like, what are you doing? No, he didn't notice, you know, I tried to hold it in and everything, but you know, it's like, then I patted him on the shoulders and just like, you know, you're becoming a man. That's all I really said. And there was just something so magnificent about just seeing the shoulders of a 14 year old boy. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something, it's like, it's especially in your case, very obviously not sexual. No, it isn't. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it uh, isn't. Yeah. There's something about like a, Imagine being a sculptor and walking up to an unsculpted block of marble and yeah. you're just like, mm-hmm. just the, the weight that that would have. Yes. Yeah. Um, cause it, you, you mean, mean the, the, especially in your case, like the cutting of hair yeah. is especially archetypal. Yeah. I mean, even bit like Samson and stuff. Yeah. 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 Like there's, um, what's the, this is making me think of a film. It's what is it called? I remember the Korean title is Midyang, but um, Secret Sunshine is what it is in English. Um, let me. I'll just tell you the plot for this. So a woman, her husband dies, mm-hmm. um, and she moves back to his hometown with her son, and then the she's like a piano teacher or something and she just moves back to his 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 town because you know she's grieving and she she has her own way of dealing with that and she um goes to his hometown to be closer to him and also to his his ancestry and stuff you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's, it's very archetypal yeah and her son disappears Mm -hmm. and she's distraught and then her son winds up dead in a river days later and she finds her son dead and then she's grieving and has her own she just goes insane and there's a man who kind of what's the word like becomes her man Mm -hmm. um or he takes it upon himself to be her protector and stuff and it's it's about her going through her own like uh, psychosis and stuff regarding that her she her husband dies and then her son is kidnapped and murdered and like Um, but she goes to an insane asylum and then he gets her out. And then the first thing they do when she gets out is in her little house courtyard, they cut her hair 
Hmm. And then the last shot is her hair on the ground blowing away in the wind. Yeah. And then the movie ends. Hmm. I should send it to you. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, there's something about hair cutting mm-hmm. that is extremely. Oh, yeah, I agree. That's why. So, so to tell you my thing. So my mm-hmm. father always had buzzed hair. He was just mm-hmm. he always he shaved his head. Yeah, like yeah. down to shiny. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think it works for me as well. Mm-hmm. I think that I have to, you know, this the tiny little bit of stubble works better for yeah, me. Yeah. I don't think I'm as um, hard edged mm. as it would take to like totally shave yeah. it shiny. I just I don't maybe yeah. later in life or something when yeah, I'm more yeah. successful. <laughs> it's a little bit of a statement to make yeah. when, you're, when you're shaving your head. But um, it was the November after my father died. I was losing my hair and everything, and I just had this weird moment where I was like, "I have, I have to buzz my hair off." Mm-hmm. So I can't. I just like give right. me like wet. I took my mustache, like my beard trimmer thing. Yeah. And I just like buzzed all of my hair off, mm-hmm. and then I just like cried. Oh really? I remember when you sent me the picture the first time you. Sh- you yeah, I just I sent it to my mom, and she was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was like. Mm-hmm this weird cathartic there's something about hair cutting yeah like cutting hair off yeah yeah there's a reason it's present in the bible itself mm-hmm. like right yeah there's something about i don't know what it is <laughs> yeah I, I really don't either yeah but the, that like hearing you have that experience with cutting your son's hair like doesn't shock me yes yeah all. i think part of it was the hair i mean he, he he does have just amazing hair yeah um but, but i think the other part just that you, you get you get you just get closer to to someone who was a baby mm-hmm. and now it's like i don't know they're, they're, they're just something so profound by by seeing the neck seeing like that that muscle that connects right here and it's like you're you're developing mm-hmm. you know you're mm-hmm. you're not there yet but they're just it, the, the state of being that you are right now is so beautiful that that you just you just kind of want to rejoice in it a little bit and there's something just 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 amazing about it and it's um, i I really think that's why my father really loved being a middle school teacher was it yeah yeah because he what his commentary on um he taught so he taught sixth grade for the vast majority of his teaching career yeah and then he went to eighth grade and he hated it yeah and he went back to sixth grade okay and there was something about the 11 and 12 year olds where Mm -hmm. they were developing yeah. And they were they were kind of at the point where they started developing their like individual intellects. Yeah. But they weren't poisoned against the system yet. So you just mm-hmm. got to like bask in their individual yeah. potentials. But they still thought he was super cool. But yeah. then when he went to teach eighth grade, everybody was poisoned against the system. Right. And he yeah, hate yeah. everyone hated their teachers and stuff. And yeah. everybody was difficult. But so he's like, I'm gonna go back to sixth grade because they're only yeah. two years younger. Yeah. And they're they're still archetypes of potential and they're not yeah. bitter yet yeah they're extremely annoying at that age but they're just yeah but but, but i think this so once 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 your once your son's like hey i'm gonna read das kapital you're like, yeah. <laughs> like oh no yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll happen yeah. you're like oh i've heard about this guy and you're like stop stop <laughs> Have you yeah. heard of this Dawkins guy? Yeah. <laughs> the Witcher. All right, you don't get internet for the rest of your life. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's everything's going to come crashing, but it's... um. 
Yeah, for the time being, it's interesting. It's funny. Mm -hmm. He gravitates towards me because I'm between ages. Mm -hmm. I'm closer to your. I'm closer to your age than he is. He's actually just very. He gravitates to a lot of guests. That's interesting. Yeah, he's just he's just very open. Just with stuff like Except that. for the mob boss really likes me, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she literally took my knees out. I was walking and I almost went down. I was like, "What just happened?" And she's like, "Back there, like hey, with her pumpkin." <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> I'm like walking past Amy into the dining, the little dining spot, and then like something just like takes my knees out. And I almost go to the ground. I'm like, "What the fuck was that?" And I turn around. She's kneeling with her pumpkin. She's like. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I was like, Amy, did you see that? And she's like, no. And I was like, I almost got killed. Yeah, she's awesome. She's like, man. It's like, it goes for my knees. <laughs> All right. What else should we talk about? How, how far are we in? Hour 48. Oh, okay. Another 30 minutes, you think? Yeah. Okay. I don't have anything else to say about sexual persona. Here, read read that first paragraph. Wait, let me. Hmm, wait, 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 Just read paragraph three and tell me as a teacher how you'd grade just that. I mean, you're, you're mostly kind of like asking the question and not really quite sure whether she's actually understanding it or not. Yeah. But, um, I just thought it was funny. This guy just wrote this whole thing out. Yeah. And I was like, I think Jeremy would like this. Yeah. I should write more. Yeah. I think I have a talent, a linguistic talent for writing that a lot of people don't know. Yeah, yeah. Even that one piece was the piece I wrote about original sin a while ago. Mm-hmm. I just, I read it again and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> This is horrible, but like at the same yeah. time, it's like written well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Mm. It takes so much time to write stuff, though. It does. It's essentially all you can be doing. Yes, unfortunately. <sighs> I think a lot of times, at least, at least um, this is this is like some something that I told a lot of my, my other friends who were who were in the school with me and everything. And um, again, the ones who the ones who listened to me succeeded, and the ones who didn't um, failed out. <laughs> I just told them I was like, you know, uh, one one thing about writing is that the first thing that you write, you really should just discard because it's gonna be shit. Yeah, you know, you you could you know you could write about fifteen pages, and then you should just put it down, just walk away, mm-hmm. come back a month later and read it. And if you think, wow, this is awesome, 
then you're doing it wrong yeah. <laughs> because you should read it and be like, wow, this is shitty. <laughs> and then you should start revising it. And what ends up happening is they just rewrite the whole thing again. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, ju- it should go through that process of, of you writing, rereading it, you know, giving it to other people too and be like, hey, what do you think of it? I'm listening to their criticism and, and being thick-skinned. I think too many people are, are thin-skinned about it. Yeah. And and then the more that you end up doing that, you realize that you could construct a, a pretty decent argument. So when did I write that? It was like, t- like June 2020 or something? Yeah, it's been a while ago now, yeah. It was like a year and a half. But still, yeah, I mean, yeah. still, like, I just remember reading it. I was like, mm-hmm. I get why I would be intrigued by Yes, yeah. So what was my argument? Um, Essentially, and I, I think that intuitively especially coming from like a protestant background it's yeah. like a good observation mm-hmm. that original so so let's say god is perfect mm-hmm. and that god makes no mistakes mm-hmm. so that being the case why would god's creation of adam and eve essentially betray him mm-hmm. betray being yeah if god makes no mistakes that must have been intentional and I think that's a good distinction. I mean, it's very yeah. Protestant to like yeah, think yeah, of that. Yeah, but yeah. still, I just was like, I remember reading. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> little <Yeah>. grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Developing. Yeah. Um, I understand. Yeah, I get. I get the mechanics of why that wouldn't be the case. But like right, at the same yeah. time, it's just like it was. But I, I think uh, it's good to do that. I mean, you write things down and you you begin to think about it, and then you should explore issues with it. What was that? Sound like a chair squeaking on the floor. <laughs> I was like crying for a second. <laughs> Baby Grant. <laughs> so innocent. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah. But it is crazy to think about like how far... Like I really, I really have come to fruition doing this little project. Yes. Yeah. Contradicting. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like wow, I am. I don't know if that was just necessarily something that needed to happen, or like I just have the, mm-hmm. the potential for it, or like yeah, and and it's a, it's a really like a nonstop growth. Oh, yeah. It's it's interesting because when you, when you do have a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things start becoming obvious. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and then then when starts when when that starts happening, it's like you could begin to even read things that in the past were significant to you and re- and realize well, they they're, they're it's actually not that good, and and that's because now you have a a, a better foundation mm-hmm. of, of understanding. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Um. I went through To Live, that book by Yu Hua that I've said that this thing that actually was more significant mm. to me in the last year than it was the yeah. first time I read it. I was about to say that. There's I have a copy of that if you want it. Oh really? Like okay, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that. It's I mean yeah, it's, it's yeah. fiction. Yeah, yeah. But like you have you have films that you like that are fiction. Yeah, that you I, I enjoy. Don't, I, I don't it's, dislike I understand. fiction. I like most yeah. fiction does nothing for you because it's so laborious. Yes, it's just, just reading. One second, one second. Yeah. Let's see the app. Oh my god, I almost took the Ferrero Rocher off the. Let me 
So can we really can we rant about Audible for a second? How yeah. sucky Audible is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. You hate Audible as much as... Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> so what is it? You pay $16 a month Yeah, yeah. to download one book a month. Yeah. <laughs> and there's it doesn't... Yours supports cash transactions. Two books. Yeah, two books my, a month. So here, yeah. so here's my Audible app. So I get one book a month. Mm-hmm. and Tell me a book. Anything. Oh. Uh, let's say Aquinas. What do, what do they have? But ooh, can you imagine reading Aquinas audiobook? <laughs> <laughs> so Summa Theologica Part One. Yeah. And then I go here, and what it says is sample. Now I can yeah. sample it, or you can get this title for one credit. Yes. Yeah. That's right. This app doesn't support cash purchases, so I can't just like buy it. Yeah. Like if we were going to cover something and you're like, oh, it's this thing. And I'm like, yeah, 15 bucks, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's for a pod. It's for the show, whatever. I can just pay that and then just listen to it. It doesn't even let you buy stuff. Yeah. Mine does. I think. Let me see if I do. (laughs) So search it. Summa Theologica. Yeah. It's to live on Audible. (gasps) It is. See, I could do it then. To live. Yeah. It's literally my favorite thing I've ever read. Really? Okay. I literally, literally openly wept in a laundromat. I had to go and like hide behind. Oh, it's him and his freaking little, this is literally the perfect cover. Art. And I have a copy in the back of my car. I need to read it again. It's literally, I can't get this book. I can't get the Suma. Yeah. It just says like add to wish list. And yeah. it's like, you get, do you get two credits a month? Yeah. I get one for some, I don't understand, but it doesn't let you buy oh, anything. Because you have to go to actually the website. You can't Amazon? purchase it through the app. Amazon? Yep, you have to go through Amazon. So if I go like this and I go Amazon. Mm-hmm. And you log in, then you to can live. It. Oh, It's so beautiful. It's so good. It's so, it's so good. Everybody who's listening, go list, go read. So audiobook. And then... One credit per month, the plus catalog, podcasts, and it doesn't let you buy it. You pay $16 a month on yeah. on Audible to download one book a month. Yeah. Let's say this book is 35 hours long. Like, I can comprehend really, really easily at double speed. Yes. Yeah. That's 17 hours. You get 17 hours a month. Yeah. That's not even an hour a day. Yes. What are you gonna listen to a book for thirty minutes a day and remember what it says? <laughs> yeah. so, but the end, what I was gonna say is the other app I have is Scribed. Scribd. It's yeah, which I'm gonna use now because you said you could get. Yeah, you can just get whatever. You Hua. Mm-hmm. If I just sorry, sorry, sorry. It says Tu Hua. Mm-hmm. I turned off autocorrect because it messed me up too many times. I hate. Ooh, that. they have China in ten words too. That's the best. Mm-hmm. China in ten words is by the same guy. It's yeah. a memoir slash historical account of the way that Chinese totalitarianism and communism took over China in mm. the, the middle of the 20th century. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. They literally have, they literally have it. It's $10 a month yeah. and you just have what everything I've searched they have. Yeah. People yeah. stop getting audible. Yeah. I know that audible advertises for people. Audible yeah. sucks ass. Stupid. I will be turning down any offer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's it's such a it's so good. Yeah, it's literally everybody dies, and the guy just finds mm-hmm. meaning in it and just continues living. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wept. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, no, they, yeah. literally. I really do love narratives. I like, I, I'm not anti-narrative. No, you love film. Like, yes, you just, yes, yeah. I do. It's just that I reading a novel is just too much. Well, li- literally. So I was telling yeah. somebody, it's like I, I read Sexual Personae mm-hmm. halfway through. Yeah. Eight times. Yeah. And what? There's 24 chapters. I know I got through chapter 11 many times. Yeah. And it took me a very long time to do that every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really, really bad attention issues. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's spurred on by... I think that that's a dispositional thing. I have a very hard time with attention. Mm-hmm. Um, really focusing on anything long enough to get it done. Yeah. Um, that is exacerbated by the social media issue and all that, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, reading is really, really hard. Yes. for me yeah. specifically no i can't yeah. i can't sit down and read i mean yeah. i can it has to be like you like to live i read mm-hmm. but it's that good yeah um no, if you ever see me if you ever see me reading and i'm not saying this to be funny you would think that i'm a retard uh-huh. because you're like yes yeah, so this is me just reading I'm like <laughs> that, that is me though because like, <laughs> the, you hated amanda <laughs> like to focus like i would read a sentence and my mind wanders off and so i didn't pay attention to what i read so i have yeah. to go back i have to read it again i have to read it out loud i have to hear myself read it yeah and i can't read to myself i used to get in trouble in elementary school because they're like is it's reading period and you have to read to yourself and when i'm reading to myself i, I don't even notice it but i'm like you know I'm like i have to read out loud yeah i can't and so it's um yeah, it's it's not a it's not a pleasant thing, and so when somebody wants me to read a novel, so I'm gonna find out read it. Uh, when when I took that one class, I had to read the Bert Brothers Karamazov. I was like, fine, I'm gonna read it. But you have to realize that what you're asking me to do, there's there's like probably one thousand things that is easier for me to do. You ask me, hey, go bench, you know. Do 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 a, a hundred reps of benches right now. That is easier for me to do than reading like ten pages of a novel. Because reading that ten pages will be so laborious mm-hmm. that I I didn't enjoy it. I might enjoy the meaning. I might enjoy the story, but I'm unable then to weep. I'm unable like to get listen into to it you emotionally. listen listen to but to listening. Live. I can. You have. Yeah. I mean, have you gotten scribed already? Have you, have no, you... I'm going to do that for the next book that we're for this week. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll not. We're not going to announce that. I'm going to do yeah. a teaser, but um, yeah. You have to listen to "To Live." Yeah, and if you like it enough, let's do an episode on it because I okay. am I am passionate. Well, let's just do it then. It's an episode. Yeah. After. Or for this next one, I don't mind. Well, no, we're doing the other thing. I didn't know we already said, but okay. We did. We did a okay. poll. We did a thing. Okay. I don't remember um, this, but yes. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll get me emotional. Um, okay, yeah, but um, because I do think I do think that it's very important for people to understand that like we we do appreciate art and we do like art. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we don't just hate everything. <laughs> there are things yeah. that are enough. For yes. Us. Um, with the things that we really would enjoy, people just don't want us to read it. You know, yeah, but read. You know. Madness and we're, civilization. We're, okay. we're recommending something to the audience now. Yes. Um, I'm just remembering to live. Just, God. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that my mother has made the comparison between to live and the good earth? 
It's another thing about the Chinese Revolution. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's the Chinese Revolution. Okay. I th- I really I really think you're going to live. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, do you have anything else to say? We we're we're over two hours. Do you have anything else to say about sexual persona? No. This one actually was not as long. Yeah. As the Foucault's. Yeah. Um, my my closing statements are. I really really like Camille Paglia. Mm-hmm. a lot in like every aspect I think that she is extremely well spoken I love yeah. listening to her talk I think that all of her observations are good mm-hmm. um, I don't necessarily know if her conclusions are or not depending on the, the circumstance um, this is not a screed in any way against Camille Pauly. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know why sexual persona had to be written I don't know I don't mm-hmm. because reading it it's it's essentially she superimposed her own struggle with sexual archetypes, mm-hmm. which I mean, everyone kind of has a little bit. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it's like a, like experiencing the sexual archetype is an experience that everyone has to varying degrees. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing that everyone lives, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend yeah. sexual persona as like a, like if I was going to make a reading list, it's not on there. Yes. Yeah. Um, Vamps and Tramps might be. Yeah. Um, there's other stuff that she's done that I like, I like better. Um, but I just don't... I didn't get anything out of reading yeah. it. Aside from... I mean, there there are... I did, I mean, it's not... I didn't... I got things out of reading it. Um, her commentary I did enjoy. Yeah. I liked I liked it better than, than Madison Super Civilization fun. by mm. quite a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I did. Was, I don't know if I liked it better than History or Sexuality, though. Oh, I, I haven't, I haven't gone through. Yeah, that. I would say both of those. I, Should I mean, we cover I, that I, at some point down the road? Yeah, I, I, I would say a lot of his observation historically of of sex, uh, history of sexuality, I found more intriguing than her commentary on the sexual persona. Um, but yeah, uh, but other than that, I think, um, yeah, for me, the 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 issues just kind of are similar to what I've had with with Foucault and and, um, and Michael Knowles. It's, Everything we've covered so far, yeah, it's like I like Michael Knowles the best. Yes, I agree with him. The I most. would say he is the most correct. He's the most correct. He didn't give the adequate reasons of why he is correct. Yeah, and that's the issue that I have with it. It's like the only the only correctness we know is yes. because we can extrapolate it. Yeah, know yeah. where he is internally. Like, yeah, you know, people. I think many of these authors just need to be more brave, and even if you are wrong, at least you fucking took the shot. So yeah. Like this is my strong stance is what I'm saying. But we're eventually gonna find something like that. Yes, <laughs> I, I have. We like, have. Well, I know like, yeah, the, yeah. that's wrong, but it took the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Or even that that's right. I mean, if you really read the <laughs> Contra Gentiles, it's like this. It is, it is such a good. Uh, I think it's yeah, five yeah, volumes. Yeah. It's such a good five. Anybody who just want to read it, it's like holy shit. The Summa Contra Gentiles, yes, from he, which the show derives. Its yes, name. he just knocks. You know, it people out told me point. not to name the show something Latin, right? Oh, really? He was really like, don't name it something Latin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'll try. <laughs> and you were like, dude, let's, what, how long did we labor over a name? Oh, it's like two weeks, yeah. three weeks. I think the other time the woman was called, it just called Men Talking, which I thought would the have been The Men Are good. Talking. Yeah, The Men Are Talking, something like that, yes. Men yeah. Talking. So I remember that was Contra Gentiles, The Men Are Talking. And that was the old description of the show, too. Yeah. Like, um... What was it like? 
I don't remember what it was. It was like, uh, it was something about the men are talking. I don't know what it is now, but I'm, what did I what did I name the show description? I don't even remember now. I have to find it. What yeah. is it? Podcast is it what? podcast settings. Mm-hmm. Irreverent discourse regarding philosophy, politics, culture, and history. Put your big boy pants on. The men are talking. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Still <laughs> put your big boy pants on. The men are talking. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Thanks, Anne Marie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wonder if I should let her use my account hmm. and we should do to live next week or something. Okay. Yeah. With her. Yeah. I think she'd get something out of it too. Okay. Or something. We can, we can delay we the one, one more final episode with her. So I know we're, we're, we have no more to say for the moment, but yeah. All right. Anyway, we good. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye. I got to pee. <laughs>